is a podcast that helps artists to engage the church and the church to engage artists. My name is Matt Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And to also, if you can, give us a five-star review. It is a great help to us. So this year, as I announced on the previous podcast, we're, we're talking about getting back to basics. As complicated and ridiculous as our world seems to be getting, it seems more right just to get back to what really makes sense again. And we're doing that rather than through the usual Christian task lists of, you know, okay, I need to read this much of the Bible every day, and I need to pray this much and worship this much. All those things are great. But rather than make this some sort of an action that gets us there, um, we're going back to the two great commandments of Jesus that he mentioned in the Gospels. And the first one, and we want to really examine this uh, off and on for the next number of weeks, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then other versions of it will say, and with all your strength. Isn't it odd to be commanded to love? You shall love the Lord your God. That's almost like when you were a kid, you know, if you had like forced play dates and you're like, you will like this kid because we like each other. Or, uh, you know, you there were certain cousins you had to like, you know, maybe I was probably that cousin for a lot of people. But it's, it's not meant to be a forced kind of a love. If we're really going to live out commandment number one, I think we need to do a deep dive into the gospel because, I mean, really, it is for all time. It is the ultimate expression of love from God to you. And, and, and that's why... That's why I call this episode Ultimate Love. It's not so hard to love somebody when we realize just incredibly how much we are loved before we even realized it. You know how many jokes involve the whole good news, bad news scenario? You know, the whole, well, I got good news and bad news, uh, like this one. Guy goes to the doctor. The doctor says, well, I got good news and bad news. The good news is you've only got one day to live. Well, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is I meant to call you yesterday. And with that really lousy joke, uh, (laughs) understanding the gospel, there is also, there is a bad news, good news component to it. Uh, It's sort of a, if we're going to understand the gospel, I got good news and I got bad news. And... uh, yeah, the gospel, in fact, the, the word actually literally means good news. But you don't need good news unless you've dealt with or you're living with bad news. And I think I want to remind us in this first segment a little bit about the bad news. And I know some of you are like, dude, I just turned off the TV or just went offline. I don't need this. Hang in there with me, okay? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, Once you were dead... 
because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. You want to know why people won't believe in who Jesus really is and receive him to be Savior and Lord? It's what I just read. It's that part. You see, part one of the gospel is you're a bloody train wreck and you can't fix yourself. You know, people don't like hearing that. <laughs> and bookshelves and uh, entire genres of writing are devoted to self-help. We like thinking that we can fix our way out of it. In fact, people don't even want to hear that there's anything wrong with us because, you know, we're so special and we're so perfect the way we are. And blah, blah, blah. Ephesians says we were dead. How's that? How's that for a feel-good message? We were dead in our disobedience. I remember when I, my mom would get mad at me. Whenever I disobeyed her, she never just said I disobeyed her. She always, maybe your mom did the same thing. She always added a word in front of it. She would say, you deliberately disobeyed me. I never, I never just disobeyed. I deliberately disobeyed. And I want to tell you, we deliberately disobeyed God. We lived in sin, the very thing that can and will ruin us. I chose sin over him. I tried to find life. I tried to find joy in other places, even though I knew inherently that they were wrong. Even though I knew it would not only break God's law, but it would break God's heart. And I did it anyway. Uh, let's take it a step further. Not only did we disobey God, but we obeyed the devil. Oh, man. And I know we don't like, we don't like it being worded that way, do we? Um, and I'm talking to church folks right now. Uh, okay, you know what, man? I'll swallow that I, I disobey God, but I don't want to hear this talk about me obeying the devil. I know we don't like it being worded that way, but that's what Paul says in verse 2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Oh, man, that first part is tough enough to swallow, but the thought of obeying the devil, it makes a lot of Christians uncomfortable. And as if that isn't enough, Paul tells us we deserved God's anger and his wrath to be poured out on us. You know, there's, there's a lot of folks today who their lives get really stuck because they're so fixated on what they think they deserve. Oh, my friend, <laughs> Ephesians 2 tells us by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. And catch this just like everyone else. By this, I conclude that everyone deserves hell. We've all made a mess of it, not just the guy on death row, 
not just uh, the woman who stole millions of dollars in a Ponzi scheme. Just like everyone else, we're all on the same level. We all deserved hell. You can't talk about the gospel without mentioning hell. Sorry. I know it makes me sound like one of them, you know, weird traveling evangelist guys, but this isn't feel good material because it's not supposed to be. This is the truth. I'm amazed at how many Christians forget how bad the news was. Oh, now, brother, we just want to live in joy. And we, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the church kid practically born on the pew deserves God's anger because he or she has chosen crap over Christ. Artists, we need to create from a heart of love instead of a heart of fear and anger and bitterness. I know, I know those things can be motivations, but if there's not a heart of God's love behind it, it's only going to be of the world. And I'm not saying we need to create the equivalent of cheesy Christian movies from the 70s or even today sometimes. But we need, we need to dispel this idea that we can only create from a dark place. Doing that, yeah, it may capture the attention of the world. But we are out to capture the heart of the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And we first and preeminently need to remember how saved we are. And we can't do that unless we remember how beyond rescue we were on our own. You know, this past Sunday, I was taking communion at my church. And folks, this is all part of the remembering. Sometimes we preachers don't do a really good job of that, um, just because we got a zillion things in our mind and it's part of the service. But part of that whole this do in remembrance of me thing is remembering how, how wrecked and uh, destitute we were without him. I will never fully appreciate Jesus as a great savior until I first see myself to be a great sinner. Jesus died for bad people because bad people are all that there are. And I know, man, am I like pushing back on, uh, on the popular vision of the day. And a lot of folks don't like hearing that. And some of you are already, you're riled up, just me saying it. They that are whole don't need a physician, Jesus said, only those who are sick. And until you admit you're sick, you're never going to get well. That's why Jesus did what he did. And I have to see myself in that light until I can be rescued again. from this number I don't recognize, so eh, why not call back? Uh, hello? Hi, yes, um, I, I, I seem to 
keep getting calls from this number, and I'm not sure why. I, th- I think you might have left a voicemail once, but I, I can't seem to find it. Is everything okay? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've just never had anyone call back before. I mean, kind of don't know what to do. Well, I'm assuming your company called me with a, a specific purpose in mind? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's just that uh, we're a call center, so, you know, we actually work for a lot of businesses. Oh, oh, I see. Well, I don't know, maybe we can find which one it is. I mean, I'll probably know it when I hear it. Cool. Um, let's see here. Uh, have you ever considered the benefits of a reverse mortgage on your home? Mm, not that one. I don't, uh, I don't have a house. Oh. Uh, Are you tired of tweezing your eyebrows to the point that you now look like a James Bond villain? Uh, not quite, dude. Oh, oh, right. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, our records indicate that you are dangerously close to the end of your car's warranty. Nope. I still have tens of thousands of miles to go. Dang, I thought I had it there. (laughs) Hmm. Man, this is so frustrating. I'll bet it is to have like a complete stranger just call like this out of the blue and want information from you. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's try this. Um, Have you considered upgrading to the Ginzu knife? It can practically cut through steel. Um, not quite. Although I can think of a few other uses for it right now. Uh, How about one more try, okay? Sure. Um, kind of nervous now. <laughs> I'll bet. Oh, okay, here goes. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Okay, I guess we'll just leave that mystery unsolved. So even though we made a complete and unfixable mess of our lives, we now turn our attention to the good news because there is good news. And we go back to Ephesians. In fact, we pick it right back up where we left off at verse 4 of chapter 2. And everything in our life hinges on two important words. They, you can arguably say they're the most important two words in our life. Verse 4, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. 
For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created, there's a key word, us, anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. This is almost like another John 3, 16 and 17. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much, for God so loved the world, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So it wasn't even just, you know, obviously the cross was was the moment the, the work was finished, but it was made triumphant and official when Christ raised from the dead. And the fact that it is only by God's grace that we have been saved. And I want you just to grab onto this again, because maybe it's been a while. We really do a horrible job with the gospel a lot of times, we church folks. And we keep thinking the gospel is for that friend day, you know, when you bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus to, to church, or we think it's for Christmas or Easter productions. But the gospel is meant to be a daily thing in our lives. We need to remind ourselves every single day of how much he loves us, because you and I are going to come across things all the time that are going to tempt us to believe he doesn't love us that much. And a lot of folks have been through that in the last 12 months. But I guarantee you it's happened before and it's going to happen after. We're always going to have opportunities to not believe in the goodness of God. That's why you and I have to bathe ourselves, almost like a daily cleansing ritual. We need to bathe ourselves in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am so glad I cannot even figure out why the Lord did this for me. I cannot. If you can, God bless, man, write a book and do a national tour because I can't figure it out. Because most of the time, I don't think I'm all that worth it. Okay, all the time, I don't think I'm very worth it but he did. And nobody and nothing could talk him out of this. I'm so thankful for that. You know, I've learned long ago <laughs> in ministry, I have learned to stop trying to talk people into or out of relationships. I would have people approach me and they'd say, hey, what do you think? What do you think of this person? And and whether they were about to start a relationship or they were in a relationship, I just learned to to not even weigh in on it. Because the one thing I've learned over the years is that they already know what they're going to do and how they feel. They're just hoping you agree with them. Uh, because I've learned I'm not going to talk them out of it. If I think there's there's toxicity there and this person really shouldn't be in their life to this point, I'm not going to talk them out of it because they're in love, you know? And I'm, but I'm so glad Jesus couldn't get talked out of this. Oh my word, my life and my behavior, just the opportunities he has had to have buyer's remorse. And I'm so glad he never has. And you need to remember that today. 
you have got to remember how loved you are and the fact that he has raised you from the dead. Spiritually, he brought us back from the dead. Not only did he get us out of death row, not only did he free us from prison, but in God's eyes, because of Jesus' work on the cross, he sees you as innocent, as if you had never sinned. I can't remember the last time I felt innocent, but thank heaven it's not about my feelings. But that's how complete our resurrection is. He got us out of the casket. He cleaned our record. He, he gave us a whole new purpose for living. And now it's not just for us anymore. It's for him. He becomes our life because he's united us, our scripture says. Sin separated us. Jesus reunited us. We betrayed him by loving other things and other people more than him. Who can fix that? I mean, that's... That's a, a deal breaker in any relationship. But Jesus came in between and brought us and God back together again. I just want you to know that God ain't mad at you. This whole thing is fixed and you believing is the only thing that stands in the way. And if, if, if you have known the Lord for some time, when's the last time you really revisited this? Because this is what helps us to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because I, I recognize how, how loved I am by Him, and I believe it by faith. I mean, sin left us in the dumpster, but Jesus decided to go dumpster diving. <laughs> and the only thing I had to offer Him was dysfunction and insecurity and addiction. And Jesus said that there was no price too high to get us back. And it cost him his life. But he thinks you're worth it. There's a woman named Elizabeth Gibson who was walking the streets of New York one day. She noticed a pile of garbage on the sidewalk waiting for the garbage truck. Part of that pile was a painting with vibrant reds and yellows and purples. And so she grabbed it and she brought it back to her apartment even though she was kind of in a decluttering phase of life, she just loved the look of the painting and, and had to have it. Well, it turns out the painting was by Mexican artist Rufino Tamayo. It had been missed for decades, and the painting was valued at $1 million. He did it all. I had nothing to do with saving myself. It is by grace through faith, that I am saved. We are never meant to be the hero of our story. We're the ones that need rescue. We always want to think we're Superman. Sorry, we're Lois Lane. What's my role? Believing. And we need to spend the rest of our lives understanding that story that Jesus has written for us. And the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is so incredible. It is so magnificent. It is so glorious. We just can't understand it. This is why Paul said in Philippians, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said work out your salvation. And it's going to take the rest of our lives to even begin to understand this amazing transaction. And when I understand, and I don't have to live in doubt and fear 
and in a performance mentality, I can wake up knowing that I am so loved, that he is for me, that he's not against me, and I can love him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. To me, this is the core of being an artist. And when we create, we recognize we are his masterpiece. He is still creating. He didn't stop after six days. You and me, we're his masterpiece. He's working on us. And day by day, as you and I keep plunging into this, he is making us more like him so that we really reflect his glory and his honor. Stop doubting. Stop doubting his love for you. Be convinced it's a finished work and it's for you. And maybe you just need to kind of believe all over again and have yourself a little praise party. Go for it. And then create out of that. Because trust me, that is true beauty. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the Matcast. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information about our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.